Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. It is May the 12th. We're going to be picking up where we left off yesterday, talking about the success principles. Um, and we're working on success principles 16 and 17. First off, I want to thank all of you who um, sent us your um, well wishes about the passing of Julie's yes. French Bulldog, our family French Bulldog, Ollie. Um, Ollie is, uh, was with us for almost 14 years, and he had to go to dog heaven because he was having some lingering health problems. And um, we talked about it a little bit on Instagram and a couple other places. We had hundreds of you that were sending us nice notes and things like that. So we're not going to be able to obviously say thank you to all of you. But, but we thank have, you to all of you. Yeah, but thank you to all of you. And we really sincerely appreciate the fact that you guys had us in your hearts and, and were, you know, taking so much time to really, you know, reach out to us and, and share your condolences, which we sincerely appreciate it. So if any of you have ever lost a pet before, you know, it's very painful and it's very sad. Um, it's, you know, it was, it was hard for Zoe at seven and a half to see. This is her second French bulldog that she's lost since she was born. Yeah. But you'll be happy listeners to know that about a year and a half ago, we did adopt another French bulldog. Um, he is a Puerto Rican French bulldog from a long line of award or what was it? Like grand prize winning <laughs> yeah. French bulldogs. Show dogs. Show basically. dogs. And this guy has in perfect health and he's really big and husky and, you know, it's like a real dog. And so Zoe is not without a uh, dog to have as her dog brother, you know, and she's had him yeah. in his life for 18. And maybe we should have named him Tiny. Yeah, yeah. Instead. We named <laughs> When we got him as this tiny little puppy, but we named him uh, Maximus. Now, we didn't uh, do that knowing that he was actually going to grow to be perhaps one of the world's largest French bulldogs. He's uh, the French bulldog. The what is it? Twenty six pounds. That's the correct. Twenty six to twenty eight is normal. And Max is going to be forty five. That's what Probably. the vet's telling us. He's forty now. Forty one pounds. He's going to be 40. so. He's he's not fat. He's just this big husky French bulldog. He's a big boy. Which looks crazy. People think people he looks tough. Yeah, he does. Which is hilarious since he's kind a of French worse. bulldog. Yeah, <laughs> but people look at him and they like, oh my gosh, what the hell is that thing? And we're like, it's a uh, French some people bulldog. People thought he was a boxer or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, yes. so anyway, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. And we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday, talking about these success principles. Um, and again, with regards to these notes in particular, we always post our notes for these shows on, or at least a summary of our notes for these shows. We post them on our main website, timandjulieharris.com. And obviously they all get syndicated to the bazillions of places that the show gets syndicated to. Pretty much every podcasting um, syndication outlet features our show. We're on Spotify, we're everywhere. So all of our notes, the things that we're reading from, if you want to use these for your own business, your own uh, you know, personal reasons, they're all there waiting for you. So Julie, success principle number 16. Yes, this is called budgeting time and money. Taking regular inventory of how we spend our time and our money is a great tool to maximize them and use them effectively. Remember, while money can be recovered, time spent is gone forever. So that's an interesting thought, isn't it? And of course, the first thing I thought of was the real estate treasure map because it actually forces you to understand your own financial picture. That's the money part what real estate needs to provide for you and your family, and here's the time part, engineer a schedule which will give you those results. 
Yeah, you know, it is kind of fascinating, too, with regards to um, the, the whole concept of essentially time is money. Time isn't really money because you can't buy time. Exactly. You know, when I hear people say that, I always kind of roll my eyes. I don't say and anything. And you can't manufacture time. You no. can't print it up. That's right. You know? And yeah. when you're and you're younger, there is some sort of like point in your life, and I think it's somewhere in your late. Sometimes it's forty. Sometimes it's your it, when you're in your early fifties. Somewhere in there, all of a sudden, you start definitely uh, reevaluating the allocation of your time, and you become much less prone to waste time and much more tuned in to the things that are time wasting. And I remember it was uh, on a clubhouse. You know, you can decide whether a clubhouse is a time wasting event or not. (laughs) But we were hosting a clubhouse. And I remember there was a gentleman that popped on that I did not have a relationship with. in term, as far as I know, he wasn't a coaching client. He could have been. But he'd been somehow loosely connected uh, to Julie and I for 20 years. He knew us from Howard Britton. He knew us from when we were um, doing, you know, a lot of other stuff, National Association of Realtors and Remax and all these other things. So he kind of knew us. And um, anyway, he started telling us about his story. And his uh, he's been in the real estate business for longer than we had. I think it was like 30 years or something like that. And he was in, on that uh, clubhouse in particular. We were talking about the very fact that you have to choose. If you had to choose between being rich and being famous, which would you choose? And that's an interesting question to ask people at different points in their life. But I was really surprised. I think this gentleman was probably in his 60s. Maybe he could have been even in his early 70s. And so he unmuted himself and he wanted to talk and he wanted to talk about it. And the answer he gave actually was one of the most honest, truthful, um, self-deprecating answers I'd ever heard. He said that throughout his entire life, he'd focused all of his energies effectively on being famous. And so I sort of asked him for the sake of all the listeners. I said, so when you were in your 30s, what did you, you know, when you were in your 20s, would you focus on? He goes, being famous. And he said, and I said, so how did that manifest itself? He was buying leads. He was talking about his success. He was peacocking all over his community. He was peacock pooping on all of his competitors. <laughs> yeah. You know, basically he was just in it to essentially uh, engrandize his ego, to make himself feel good. Then I said, okay, so let's move forward 10 years. And he, he basically said the same thing. But at that point he added a team and now the team was all, you know, all over for the news and he was one of the top agents in his marketplace and with his brokerage and his franchise and all these things um, you know had all of a sudden they're getting bigger and bigger because he had this team and the staff that was around him and and even though he wasn't making any real profit remember the question was if you have to choose between rich and being famous which do you choose and then in the 40s and he said the same thing and I asked him so what what changed in his 50s and I thought for sure he was going to say well I changed and I found you know the whole point of being in business which is to make a profit with that profit I reinvest into things that produce passive of income for me. But he, he said he'd never changed. He said, and this is the reason I think he was probably in his 60s. He said that it wasn't until the last couple of years that he had realized that he had been chasing the wrong um, rabbit his entire life. He had been chasing fame. And he said, and this is where he kind of took over this clubhouse. He said he wished he would have been smart enough or wished he'd have been lucky enough to run into somebody that had basically, you know, grabbed him upside the head and said, you're chasing the wrong rabbit. And he said he wished he would have made different decisions, especially at this point in his life. And so that's kind of a fascinating thing that does tie him to the whole concept of, you know, time and money. Because you think when you're young, you can basically chase the fame rabbit and you think that you will have time to make it up on the financial side. You think that you can sacrifice profit from your business because you essentially take time for granted. You think you'll have time to make it up. But sometimes you don't. You end up like that guy when you basically chase the wrong rabbit for too long. So I'll challenge all of you to realize the fact that even, you know, some of you are having incredibly successful years, maybe you had incredibly successful two or three years. 
and maybe you'll have a credit. Everything's going to be fantastic. Every year is going to be better over the one to the other to the other. But if you're not actually proactively, consciously, uh, consistently pulling your, uh, you know, creating your business around the idea of making profit of 20, 30, 40, 50%, and that 20% would be only if you're selling hundreds of millions of dollars or making like 10, 20, 30 million in commission, then you can run lower margins. But if you're somebody who's running less than a million, if you're not uh, in, in total GCI per year, if you're not making at least a 70%, maybe 75%, profit before personal expenses and taxes, you're doing something wrong. You're overspending. You're buying your business. You've been fooled into thinking that fame's going to create, um, it'll create more transactions. I don't doubt that. Sometimes that does work. You can buy your business until the cows come home, but you won't have anything to show for it. Oh, you'll get a plaque. You'll get an award. You'll get a home sale. You might have your franchise give you another, you know, make you the, you know, give you the double diamond ruby, you know, whatever, whatever award but you don't have any money in the bank. You don't have any net worth. So I'll challenge all of you to don't benchmark yourself against the um, attention and the recognition you get from other people. You benchmark your success and your forward momentum by the amount of how much you increase your, yes, service people and all of that. So let's not start getting off on the deep end with my message here. Just stay focused. As a business owner, your job is to serve people, help people make money, um, and make profit. And if you're not increasing your net worth every year by a meaningful amount, you're doing something wrong. And that's really what should be taught in real estate school. That should be what's taught in every business school. That's it. So speaking of time, time spent is gone forever. How much minimum wage work are you filling your days with? Are you doing work theater or are you being dollar productive? This is something that I see with coaching clients. Oh, you, you think? Know, they're, <laughs> yeah, like all the time. They say that they want to have a higher level of production. They claim that their goals are important to them. And yet, how do they spend their time? Because you see, these things are important. You got to keep your deals together. You got to put out those fires. And that also is, you know, creative avoidance on some level. When you take too long to do it, you let it stretch out days, weeks, months, instead of being dollar productive with your actual schedule, which again, you'll get from the treasure map. But Julie, so. they don't spend most of their time keeping their deals together. They just they spend, look like they They are. spend most of their time doing, as you said, work theater. Right. So what's work theater? It's all of the stuff that's kind of important, but isn't mission critical and isn't dollar productive. Spending too much time on your uh, your CRM, spending too much time on your brand, your logo, trying to think about your team culture, trying to build your team logo, uh, your, your your team, 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 anything to do with the word team. Doing all that stuff is work theater. Trying to do uh, be the master of some sort of social networking outlet. Trying to do anything other than being proactive with your lead generation to put you in front of ma as many uh, sellers who have their hands up in the air saying, yes, I want to sell my house as possible. Everything else is pretty much work theater. And just to simplify it and cut through it, because all why, so here's a question I have for all of you. Why do you want it to be more complicated than that? You're the only things you really have to master in real estate are the following. You have to learn how to proactively lead generate. You have to learn to pre-qualify and you have to learn to present. Now, in a normal market where you have, you know, some challenges negotiating, we have to throw negotiating on there. But if all you ever get good at is those three things, proactively lead generating, pre-qualifying and presenting. And by presenting, I mean also you're taking the listing. So we could throw a closing on there. But presenting, I'm assuming you understand presenting means you're getting the result of a listed property nine times out of 10. If you just get good at those three things, you can be terrible at everything else. And by terrible at everything else, you can oftentimes skip all the things that you are doing that actually make up work theater. And I know this is for some of you. Again, I'm going to go back to the question. Why do you want it to be more complicated than that? Why do you think they want it to be more complicated than that? Because they get to hide out from the real work of real estate. That's the bottom line.
It doesn't have to be more complicated than yeah, that. Yeah, they don't want to put yeah. themselves in a position sure. here, no. Or to the, feel like they've got conflict or being rejected. It's all the ego reasons. It is. And, you know, here's what happens, guys, and I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, so yeah, just say that out there. But uh, when the market does start to reverse, those of you who have never learned how to do the real work of real estate, you'll be the first that gets sucked under, for sure. And that's what happens every time. And when you look back to the big real estate, you know, correction that happened forever ago, 06, 07, 08, and you ask like the big teams that were in business, most of them went out of business after that because their whole business was predicated on one type of business model, which is essentially buying leads and doing lots of volume. And as soon as the business slowed down, um, they didn't have the cash flow to support all their fixed costs. And they didn't have the skill set to know how to proactively lead generate their own business and neither did anybody working for them. Thus, they failed. And that's going to happen again and again and again. That's the cycle. Some of you, most of you haven't been in the business long enough to know what I'm saying is true. So you should use the good times right now. And if you are a listing agent, these are the good times for you. You know, I was on the phone this morning with Rob Johnson having his coaching call. We've had his coaching calls every year, year in, year out forever. And he's already ready for this. He's mm -hmm. already got closed and pending. And it's not even the end of May. Mm -hmm. 92 million. I knew it was going to be close to 100. Right. So he's yeah. going to, the goal, the goal is this year, he's going to do 150 million in real estate. He'll and do that too. He, de absolutely, he definitely will. Yeah. And we, we slated out basically the plan, but it's mm -hmm. May. And he's mm -hmm. going to take time off. He's going to, you know, sure. he's got kids going to Ivy League schools this year. And it's all these things that are going in his life, but he's still going to hit 150 million this year. And the thing that's nice about Rob is he has one assistant, Lisa. That's it. So Rob's going to do 150 million, mostly on the listing side. Yes, he has a nice sale price, but the reality of it is his margins are exactly textbook to what Julie and I teach all of you guys in our coaching program: 75, 80%. After he gets his, he does have a broker commission split. After he gets his commission split, then guess what? It's all profit for him. He is not buying business in any way. He is not unclear about what his product is. He's not unclear about what his product is and it's profit because with that profit, he's obviously paying for expensive schools sure. and uh, he's saving it and he's investing it. Yes. You well, know? he's clear on this principle of success, budgeting time and money. Yeah. Well, that's and, the point and, I'm trying to I make. Mean, to your point, he is actually taking time off and he'll still hit his $150 million. He's That's right. figured out how to budget both. So one of the things that I also come across in coaching is when should you hire an actual transaction coordinator? Or uh, just of your first assistant, basically. Or your first assistant. Are you avoiding that so you can hide out in the TC work subconsciously? Where would your business be if you reallocated that time? I think about somebody like Ziggy who now has 15 deals pending. And, and a lot of those absolutely were self-created. Many of them were never in the MLS. So right. lots of plates spinning, right? And so I usually tell people, once you have achieved your number of closings that you need per month, at least three months in a row consistently, then you can consider hiring a transaction coordinator because so let's it say that, them up. But let's say that again. Again, this is in our book, Harris Rules. Yep. Harris Rules is available at every major bookseller. You can also obviously get it on Amazon and you can get it from Audible. Audible? Audible. Audible. Audible, one of those words. <laughs> and um, so the rule is, and you can adjust accordingly to your price range, but the general rule is once you've been able to support your business and personal overhead and the cost of that assistant, and from your own cash flow for at least three months, then you can afford to hire someone. And that's three months in a row. Right, three months in a row. Because then you've proven to, frankly, yourself that you have the ability to consistently generate business. If you have one good month or two good months and followed by a crash, that's not the time to hire an assistant because what's going to happen then is you're just, you don't need an assistant because you don't have any deals closing because the fact that you stopped generating business, right? And it gets back to the first point Julie made about having a schedule. And the schedule aspect, if you just schedule your morning, and, and guys, this is the bottom line. 
I'll, I'll tell you the, what I actually think about scheduling. Most people have an inability, and I don't think it's just real estate people, have an inability to really keep too much of a schedule and have a high level of motivation for maybe more than three or four hours a day. And after that, especially the more successful you become, the harder it is to basically you know, force yourself to follow a schedule. And so what that does is it makes you more efficient at that three or four hours. You get more done. You stop wasting time. So when you decide I'm going to, for the next you know, hour and a half or until I set three listing appointments or whatever it is, when you say you're going to do it, you actually do it. But that does start with having the discipline of a schedule. Some of you guys want to know what your ideal schedule is. And guess what? We want to give it to you. It's included in the real estate treasure map. And if you want the real estate treasure map, it's also your 12-month business and personal uh, life plan. It really is. It's a fill-in-the-blank business plan. You're gonna, here's what I want you to visualize. We're gonna, you're going to text 2021 to 47372. Text 2021 to 47372. Text 2021 to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link and you're going to be able to download seven books. The books we want you to download and print immediately are the, is a real estate treasure map. Now, real estate treasure map, if I remember correctly, is almost 70 pages. So make sure you have plenty of paper. But it is something that is, could change your life if you take it seriously. You're going to print it off and then we strongly encourage you to sit down with your wife, your husband, your partner, whoever it is, and then you complete this real estate treasure map together. Because what it is, it's going to give you the ultimate direction in your business and personal life. It does finally answer the big why type questions that some of you guys are constantly trying to decipher. It does finally give you all the actual drill down numbers on what it's gonna take for you to create the you know the business and the life of your dreams. And we wanna give that to you. Um, and remember, you've got to buy a ream of paper too. That's right. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, so text 2021 to 47372. Okay. So another thing that comes up is sometimes, I, what I wrote down is what technology or apps can you quote hire to make your days more productive and efficient? Sometimes you feel like you need an assistant when in fact you can get a $10 app to do what you wanted your assistant to do. For example, some of your scheduling things, goal tracking, some of you guys want to hire an assistant so they can, you know, manage your database. Well, you can you can have different things that keep you organized on that. Something like, um, you know, the company that does um, for sale by owners and expireds, Mojo Cells. You also can can use that to download your own database and then use an auto dialer to efficiently actually communicate. There, with there's them. so much out there that's really uh, and it's much cheaper than an actual person. Well, so for example, if you don't want to just go back to the TC conversation, sure. there are great contract TCs out there that you can hire for $300 a file. I kind of think that's probably great for 99% of you it, when you get really busy, if you want to basically delegate the transaction coordination. Well, here's a, a fun fact about that. A good transaction coordinator is actually way better at it than, you. A, than an agent who's trying to fit it in between appointments. Right, exactly. And the customers will be happier. Your seller or your buyer will be happier. So if you're looking, and, and there's like, I've, I'm just, frankly, my mind went to EXP Realty. They've got so many great systems that are set up because it's a virtual sure. company, right? Mm -hmm. So as a virtual company, you need to essentially be looking for the best of breed type technology that you can essentially leverage on behalf of your agents. Mm -hmm. And like KV Core. So KV Core, you do as you, you know, you, I think is arguable, but you do as you build your business, you're going to need some way of organizing your past clients and centers of influence. It's a CRM. We're not advocates of drip campaigns. They've proven uh, time and time again to be a complete waste of money. So don't confuse CRMs with some sort of drip campaign. I'm just talking about a way for you to organize your actual database for the sake of actually calling them and keeping notes and you know, remembering when their birthdays are so you can spoil them, things like that. 
Uh, so eXp gives you one through a great system called KV Core. And there's a lot of other technologies that eXp just uh, essentially gives you to use to make you more productive as an agent. So a lot of the expenses, I'll give you KV Core as an example. Mm -hmm. So KV Core and um, basically at eXp combined with something uh, the eXp calls the eXp University costs $85 a month for every agent. Mm -hmm. To get that same version of KV Core, if you're um, just an ordinary agent, right, mm -hmm. it's going to cost you, depending, somewhere between $800 and $1,000 per amazing. month. That's what I was told. So mm -hmm. you can leverage this very high productive system, and then there's lots of training on how to use it. Or frankly, you can just hire a TC that already knows how to use it, and you'll never have to learn how to use it. That way, you can focus on those things that actually mean the most in your business, which is proactive lead generation, pre-qualifying, and presenting, right? Presenting and You're obviously taking listings. Yeah, I'm talking about efficiencies, but I'm talking about not having to build a team, right? I'm yeah. talking about not having. We don't want you to imp increase your fixed costs. Increasing your fixed costs is the ultimate anchor around any business owner's uh, neck. It's the ultimate way of making yourself. As soon as you have a bad month or a couple bad months, then you're going to, and you still have all these fixed costs because you have all these team members and staff and all this other expense that not only does it uh, hurt you financially on the business side, but whatever money you've set aside for savings, it all gets immediately evaporated. It is not unusual for Julie and I to have conversations with broker owners and with team leaders who have not only no personal money saved, but they've borrowed their home equity and other things just to keep their business alive during the lean months, or they're mm -hmm. still trying to make up for past sins. So guys, please take what Julie and I are saying seriously. You know, if you're wondering like what our agenda is and you're thinking about what we're saying, I want you to put the other, I want you to think the juxtaposition to what Julie and I are saying. We as coaches would make a lot more money if we told you to form uh, teams and then we'd sell you team training. We as coaches would make a lot more money if we told you to hire a bunch of buyer's agents and then we'd offer buyer agent training, right? So all- we could sell you some buyer leads while we're at it. Exactly, we could sell you buyer leads. We could get in that business easily. Sure. We don't do any of that stuff because we know, frankly, our- We've had so many coaching calls with tens of thousands of coaching calls with agents all over, you know, for the last 20 years, all over the United States and Canada and other markets too, and all different price ranges. And we see the absolute pain and suffering that comes as a result of people following those business models. And so we just can't do it. We're out of integrity to do it, even if it does mean, and it does mean that we make less money. So I want you to really think what our motivation is for saying what we're saying. It's to protect you from the pack of wolves <laughs> that's constantly surrounding you. And, I, you know, look, that's just the stance that we take, and hopefully you guys appreciate it. That's it. One more quote on this point. Uh, this has more to do with time, and that is from uh, Bill Keen. He wrote, yesterday is the past, tomorrow is the future, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Yep. I like that. That is great. Okay, so next we have principle of success number 17, establishing positive habits. And boy, we could do an endless supply of podcasts on this. Maybe we'll do a whole week series at some point. But positive habits result in a happy, healthy, successful you. When you develop a positive habit, the habit develops you. Your life is the result of the habits you have formed. And there's a great book that I have coaching clients read called Habit Stacking. And here's a quote from that. Energy is usually at its peak during the first part of your day, which means you should be completing habits that inspire or excite you about the day ahead. Yep. You often talk about, you know, don't over-engineer your schedule. You're not mm -hmm. going to be productive eight hours a day. Nobody is. So recognize when you are most focused, which for most people is earlier in the day, earlier in the morning, and do your best habits then too. But that's well, a great book. It's, I mean, it's, it's a simple, like, I don't, hopefully all of you guys are in some sort of um, habit, right, or forming a habit. 
uh, physically, you know, basically exercising every single day, right? Mentally exercising, but obviously some sort of physical exertion is part of the uh, success principles. And the, you know, the reason is, is because the better shape you're in, the more essentially you're exercising. It's been proven time and time again that it helps to keep your brain elastic. It helps to keep you smart. It helps to keep you ever. There's no downside in, in staying in, in good shape. And if you're not in good shape, there's still time for you to get in good shape, right? But here's the thing. It's like, it's so true. You and I, because of COVID and because Zoe being um, homeschooled, yes. right? <laughs> and, you know, she being- Perpetually. Perpetually, oh right. It seemed like forever. And she went back to school, what, Monday? Yeah. And, um, you know, only for 10 the days. final two weeks. <laughs> only for 10 days, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah. And then we've got, got her signed into yeah. some kind of uh, summer camp that starts every morning at 9 a.m. Oh, or yeah. whatever. I got other plans for that, too. She's oh. going to do a, like a tech camp. Oh, That's good. Cool. Get, get something that starts at like 7 a.m. and they pick her up. 8 a.m. Yep. Oh, there you go. And <laughs> now we're on the same <laughs> yeah. wavelength. But like when Julie and I got our mornings back and we started basically rejiggering our schedule so that we were going to the gym in the morning. So what we used to do is so we are getting some of the heavy lifting of our, our days done. I have to tell Literally. you, not, not only, well, I mean, the yeah. uh, pestiferous not being around definitely helped <laughs> us to be more focused. Yeah. But the energy level from going to the gym first thing in the morning um, you know, especially the older you get yep. is something that cannot be underestimated. So we strongly encourage you. Again, we give you a sample schedule as far as the real estate treasure map and your real, your morning schedule is not really, it cannot be that complicated. Mm-hmm. One of the things we hope all of you guys understand is you're going to have a fantastic day. If you just consistently do three to five things every single day, you know, go to the gym and you know, you have to make a certain number of contacts. Ideally, you're going to set a listing appointment. You're going to do all your lead follow-up. So there's certain things we teach you in the real estate treasure map. And of course, we really drill down on this in our book, Harris Rules. Um, but yeah, you get those things done in the morning. By the morning, I mean before like 11 a.m. You're going to have the rest of the day, if nothing really, you know, if it's just a complete and total tornado of activity, it does not matter because you've gotten the most important things done in the day. At the end of the day, when a lot of you guys are feeling this constant, like, you know, as a business owner, you have, Julie and I joke, you have this constant, omnipresent antivirus software that's always running in your head. Mm-hmm. You sleep with it. You, you know, it's constantly going. It's always, you're talking to somebody, you're having a conversation and you're still having this antivirus software running in your head. And it's, if it's not conscious, it's subconscious, you know, and that's called being a business owner. And that's called in you know, a lot of other aspects of life, like having kids with the same way, right? Mm-hmm. You don't stop thinking. That's just how we're wired. Don't fight it. Don't, that is what it is. If you're going to be successful at anything, especially business, you got to embrace that antivirus software, but you can make it more efficient. And the way to make it more efficient is, you know, and the way to make it so that it doesn't haunt you every waking moment of your life and sleeping moment for that matter, is you keep to that schedule where you're doing those three to five core activities every single day. That way, when you get those little pangs of anxiety, which are totally normal, um, you'll be able to remind yourself, you did your three to five things in the morning. You knocked those things out. You did you did those at the highest level. You did it when you, you, you know, you did what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. That is done. That was done by 11 a.m. And at the end of the day, you can actually relax and knowing that the positive momentum you built from your morning activities combined with what you did the day before, the day before, the day before, and what you're going to do the day after, the day after, the day after is going to get you into your end zone. That's the kind of control and the peace of mind that can only come from having a schedule, uh, frankly, a schedule that's designed around actually putting you in a position to help people and make money, not a schedule where you're supposed to. I told you guys about the the person I had uh, text me and he was telling me how he was uh, with a competing coaching organization and I 
I mean, I'm tempted to say who, but I won't. And this coaching organization was telling them to spend all of their time creating passive happy hound dog horse pucky (laughs) on uh, social networking. Like, and he showed, he didn't show it to me. He told me. So he was, his coach, and I'm air quoting here, told him to create, you know, three TikTok videos a day. Now, look, let's just stop there. This was a man, I'm guessing, in his 40s. The average TikTok user is probably like four years old. I mean, they're kids, right? TikTok is a bunch of teenagers, mostly girls, dancing around to... I don't get it, okay? I mean, whatever, right? But that's what it is. Well, let's just say it's not the first place you think of to list your house. Yeah, I mean, look, I need to find a listing agent. I'm not popping over to TikTok and doing searches, okay? But this is what this person was doing. And then they were popping over to YouTube. And then they were doing all this other passive social networking stuff. And the myth that he was told was he needs to make himself into and what it amounts to some sort of social media celebrity, an influencer to use the modern vernacular. In other words, he was being coached to try to be famous, not be rich. There you go. Yeah. Even Abraham Lincoln said, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. That's how you know. Are the activities you're doing today reflecting of what you want most or what you want now? For example... TikTok video, you get an instant surge of, you know, recognition, makes you feel good, makes you feel happy. usually not. They don't get anything from it, seriously. Well, from having, you know, put themselves out there. Listen to me, sweetie. They don't get any likes. They aren't getting any attention for it. But and they're being told when they don't get any business from it that they have to do more and more and more. Julie, it's well, that's that's the objection handler for that kind of stuff, right? So this this isn't doing anything for me. It's not working yet. Well, it's because you haven't done enough of it. it. Exactly, it's the same lie that these marketing and branding experts were telling people back Mm -hmm. in the '90s. Mm -hmm. You know, you did a lot of direct mail, or how about these predictive these companies that would somehow have this magic predictive analytics. Predictive, we're going to send you a list of all the people in your marketplace that are going to be selling within that based on their age and their savings and and their equity. The, and the, the yeah, magic globe. And the witchcraft and alchemy that we're going to sprinkle in. And then we're going to mail these people. And then you're going to da 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 Right? This is crap. the big myth. And oh, no, a bunch and, of crap. And I, here's my, the best part about that. And no, we don't provide phone numbers. <laughs> right. Really? Well, I mean, so look, moral of the story is, is that this is all people choosing a couple things. Doing, they're not yet, they've not heard, embraced, or even conceptualized that if you want never ending levels of success in your business and personal life, you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Abraham Lincoln, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want and uh, what, what you, you want, want the most. most, right? So I will, um, I will hope that all of you will at least seriously consider that what you should want most is freedom. What you should want most is the financial is to get to a point in your life where money is no longer a burden. In other words, you don't have to work for your money anymore. Your money is working for you. If that's indeed the quest that you want to be on, and I bet you every single one of you got into real estate with that visualization for yourself. I bet you none of you got into real estate um, thinking that you were uh, going to become some sort of influencer. Somebody sold you a bill of goods mm-hmm. and you continue to buy it. And when you tell them it doesn't work, they tell you to do more. They tell you to do it more and more and more and more. Just like when Julie in the 90s, right? In the 2000s, they were all this direct mail stuff, all this branding stuff. Advertising in general does not like being held accountable. And if you could hold advertising accountable, then you wouldn't do it because you'd realize it doesn't work. That's the essence of advertising, in essence, versus being a proactive lead generator. Okay, so follow me here, listeners. So if you are then calling up your you know, social media guru coach and you're saying, I'm not getting any business from it, I'm spending all this time, I'm doing what you're telling me to do, 
and it's not working. It's not generating me any business. Oh, I've got some closings, but they're coming from my centers of influence past clients or the fact I chased a FISBO. Then the social media person's going to lie to you and say, well, those people probably chose you because they saw your TikTok video. No, no. not true. And so they're going to tell you to do more of the same thing, more of the same thing. So you can't hold it accountable for results. You get it? And that's the reason ultimately you can't, you shouldn't do it because you, it does not deliver predictable There's results. There's no accountability. There's no, exactly. So. And again, guys, this should, I know it resonates with all of you. It's just frankly, whether or not you're ready to hear what we have to say. That's really what it comes down to. Every single one of you listening to Julie and I right now, and it might be 15,000, it might be 50,000, depends on a whole bunch of factors. But the reality of it is, is every single one of you know that we're telling you the truth. If you wanted to make money today, let's say here, just to you know put a period at the end of the sentence, I don't want to try to upstage Mr. Abraham Lincoln here, President mm -hmm. Lincoln. But if you wanted to make money, have a closing, have money in your pocket within the next, like for sure money in your pocket within the next, you know, 90 days, you want to have, you want to make $10,000 from a client you have yet to meet in the next 90 days, not a lead that you're chasing or not a listing you're about to make active. If you wanted to make 10,000 or 20,000 in the next 90 days, how would you do it? Are you going to make a bunch of TikTok videos? No. Are you going to make a bunch of YouTube videos? No. What are you going to do? Now, let me tighten it up. You want to have a closing and you didn't make money within the next 45 days, like urgent now today business. What are you going to do? You're going to chase a listing and you're going to go after sellers to have their hands in the air saying, yes, I want to sell my house. You're not going to even remotely be attracted to all the Mickey nope. Mouse. So why don't you do that every day? That's what we want you to do every day. Well, I can prove it with our coaching clients results because every single time that I have, especially with our elite clients that we talk one-on-one -on -one with, I always ask them, I know you always ask them, where did that listing come from? Totally. Okay, where do they come from? I can tell you from calls and to people I've talked to this week, I'll tell you exactly where they came from. Mm -hmm. A lot of center of influence past clients that they've been in communication with, okay, because remember, the first thing somebody, when they decide to list their house, they think, who do I already know? So if you're the person they already know, you're good, okay? But yep. if that's not the case... They ask a trusted friend or advisor. That's how referrals happen. That's something like, by the way, Julie guy, Julie just dropped some you know pearls on you guys. Hope you're understanding that. 93% of all people make their just I don't remember the actual split up of it, but they make their decision who they're going to use. Uh, and this is, applies for everything, all the way from a vet to any kind of thing. But it, and if you're buying a product like a refrigerator or something, it doesn't necessarily apply as much. Maybe people asking about specific brands, but just follow me here. Virtually all people make their decision on who they're going to hire as a realtor. They first go to their own personal Rolodex. Who do I know that's in the real estate business? And if they don't know somebody, then they ask a trusted friend or an advisor. You guys think they go to Yelp and all that crap. They don't go to Yelp first. They go to a trusted friend or advisor first. That's what they do. And virtually every single uh, you know realtor that's hired, essentially, it, it, or a product or, I mean, a vet that's hired or anything like that, it passes through those two filters. So that leaves like six or 7% of um, the people who are not able to find someone from they that they personally know or someone that, that was uh, referred to them, that leaves something like six or 7%, the number may have been like four or 5%, I don't remember, that's going to even remotely uh, consider hiring somebody or even uh, interviewing somebody um, from an ad. And that includes social. That ratio has not changed. It isn't like all of a sudden you're wanting to decide, you need to decide to hire a roofer and so you pop onto Instagram and you look for, put in roofing and start searching for roofers. Hell no. no. Wait, you, you search under roofer influencers. Yeah, exactly. You're going to go to your own Rolodex first. If you don't know somebody, you're going to ask somebody that you know and trust. And then maybe, 
If you don't find somebody one of those two filters, you're then going to maybe go to some other source and ask and start searching out roofing options. That's how real uh, people who are truly motivated to make decisions, that's the pathway that they go for, uh, that's go right. with. And so, yes, lots of past clients and nerve influence deals, but there's also, here's what they don't realize too. The other, the other listings that I've uh, picked up from uh, coaching clients this week have been uh, some probate, People mm -hmm. have to sell, hands in the air. Oh, this is proactively okay. generation. Uh, certainly unrepresented sellers. Okay. Fizbos. This is more pro proactively generation. Yep. Expireds. I'll give you another example. Uh, Daniel Puzz in um, Reno, Nevada. Okay. One, he took three listings last week. One of them was a very old expired from you know, we 2017. Did, did you talk to him about the $4 million referral we just sent to him? I haven't talked to him after that happened after that call, okay. but yes. 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 Okay. So a 2017 expired. If you guys don't think you can get older expireds like that, the price that they expired at plus, 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 not to mention your commission. Right. Of course you can, but how many of you are calling them? Now, What? why did he take that versus somebody else? Because he had been following up on them. And because when they did finally decide to relist, they went, who do I already know? Oh yeah, there's this guy named Daniel that keeps on calling me and following up. Maybe we should just go ahead and list with him. That's right. Okay. So you, the name of the game here is be the one they know, you know, and how well, do that, they know you? But that's ultimately the reason why unrepresented owners and expireds and all these others are awesome because those people are ready. Obviously they have their hands in there, but there's, don't just get stuck on those two buckets. There's, we teach you guys there's probably realistically seven or eight real viable ways in essentially very duplicatable, predictable paths you can go forward with and chase listing opportunities. There, I mean, realistically, there's like 20 or 25, but really it's less than 10 that you can get consistent business from. The others, it gets a little bit uh, hit and miss, right? But and none of it is particularly hard, but it And none does of it costs any money. That's no. the thing. We're I not mean, trying to sell you leads. Exactly. Yeah. So be proactive. Don't get sucked into the drama of all these crazy things people are trying to sell you and make you do in the belief that it's going to be the easy button. The longer you spend on that, the further you are away from success. And we have a new topic starting tomorrow. Yes. We went to 17. They're 17. Day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow? Yeah. Why day after it, tomorrow? Just trust me. Friday what? is the, the beginning of the you new You have topic. a new show for tomorrow? Yes. What's the show? It's more success principles. Just well, we trust just went, me. We went I, through I know, 17. because we did them slightly out of order, but we're okay. We're okay. Okay. Trust me. I'm going to trust Julie. She's the content czar. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. All right. In the interim, if you guys want to speak with Julie and I directly about joining us um, at eXp Realty, please feel free to text me directly, as many of you do, at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And when you do, um, we're going to have a conversation. And 99% of the time, eXp is the perfect fit for you. So let's talk about it. eXp Realty. If you want to join, if you're on the pathway to joining, Text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we will talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows, and until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>